For me, what's most interesting about doing this is the improvisational aspect of it and just reacting to what's happening in front of you and, and seeking that out and and that, yeah, so I, I don't know. And that's what I like about it is that it could be anything. There could be riots. It could be the dullest thing in the world, but yeah. either one will yield interesting pictures. How are you going to be there? From Stockholm Studios in Bushwick, Brooklyn, this is the LPV Show, a weekly discussion from the world of photography and photo books. Here is your host, Brian Formals. I think today might be a little bit of a politically tinged episode of the LPV show. It seems like that... Um, appropriate for the season. Might be appropriate for the season and appropriate for the subject matter. We're here with uh, Scott Brower. Yeah. Photojournalist. Yeah. Uh, blogger. DBA yeah. Photo. Yeah. Uh, kind of an old school blogger. It's yeah. Been around. How long has that been around for now? Oh, we started in 2000. Six, something like that. But then it was just two photos, one one on each side. Me uh-huh. and Matt were sharing, and then probably two thousand. That might have been two thousand five, and then two thousand eight or so. We switched to sharing news and talking mm-hmm. about photography rather than just showing sharing our own stuff. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I was just telling Tom. It was probably right around the same time the LPV blog. Started. That might well be. Yeah. And it was like so. I was I knew I knew DVA and yeah. conscientious and all the old old school bloggers. Yeah. And that's and kind I of was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's turned into a tremendous yeah, a tremendous resource for like photojournalism and like you're covering yeah. a lot of the um, you know push button issues that come up and you have yeah. the calendar of events yeah, and know the contests calendar. and all that that's stuff. Yeah. People. yeah, yeah. So it's. It's kind of you're one of those, uh, that generation where you have, you're doing multiple kind of photographer, blogger, doing multiple things. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are in New York City for the weekend. You're here for the, for the New, New York, York Times, Times portfolio Times. review. And yeah, this, this yeah. is the first time you've done it? And second time, actually. Second time you did. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you could do it twice. And uh-huh. then this time they said that you could, um, if you haven't done it in the last year, uh-huh. you can come back oh. and do it again. Nice. So nice. that's why I'm here. So how was it the first time? It was okay. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have anything particularly interesting to show, I go I guess. You know, I mean it was just, you know, some of my normal work, but nothing I was too excited about as a body of work. I mean it was you know, just kind of the ordinary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reviewers, like at the last minute, a couple of my reviewers dropped out and I got stuck with a couple of people that either didn't assign work or didn't do anything remotely related, like, you know, talk to a sports guy or something and I yeah. don't do sports, yeah. you know. So it was just kind of I mean, it was good. I, I met a ton of photographers, and that was really interesting, and especially because it's it split between fine art photographers and photojournalists, mm-hmm. and fine art world is something I know nothing about whatsoever, and it was just cool to see these people that are, you know, not that I'm advanced in my career, but, you know, at, the, you know, at a similar level, but in a completely different trajectory mm-hmm. in photography that is uh, fascinating. I mean, because, I mean, it's all on a spectrum, so you can, you know, yeah. see these different types of work, and yeah. So you... You're making the rounds in New York City. How often do you come and make like set up your meetings? Because I know it's like it's a fairly common thing. People do their New York yeah, tour yeah. and they make, do their meetings and like a lot of you know sometimes we get these the same kind of hey I'm yeah. in town like what are you doing we yeah. we kind of like that part of New York when people just kind of swing by so yeah absolutely but you so you how often do you come to New York and make your rounds? Yeah, I mean it used to be once a year and it was actually once a year when I lived further away. Now mm-hmm. I'm in Boston mm-hmm. and it's closer, mm-hmm. but in some ways that's farther. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's, you know, it's so close. You can always do it. So you never do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so that, that's the thing. Um, and 
So it's been, I think my last time in New York was maybe three, to do meetings was probably three years ago. Um, Last year, I was just kind of out of everything because I broke my arm really badly in December of 2014. Um, And that just threw a monkey wrench in absolutely everything. Um, But so this is the first time in a little while Mm -hmm. that I've done it. Um, But it's been really good. Nice, nice. And you're here because you have a new book dummy. And this, this, this is the worst party I've ever been to. Yeah. And you covered the New Hampshire primary. That's right. Yeah. Now, how did this come about? Um, so was, I, I haven't photographed politics a lot. I photographed the 2012 um, primary just a little bit. I mean, I live in Boston. It's all really close. Um, and I did one thing. I did um, uh, behind the scenes with uh, Scott Brown's failed Massachusetts uh, re-election campaign uh-huh. uh, for the Wall Street Journal. Spent a day on his campaign bus and all that. And it was fun. But, I mean, pictures were, you know, kind of ordinary. I mean, just normal kind of newspaper work. Um, and so, like I said, I had broken my arm. And I knew that this was coming up. And I wanted to do something a little bit different, a little bit special. I wanted to make a project out of it, but I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to do. But I had these six months where I basically wasn't working um, to think about my photography. I, I felt like I was kind of, I'd kind of reached a plateau. Like I've been doing this for, I mean, about 10 years now um, and feel like I hadn't really progressed in the past few years. I mean, I was, I was, you know, some measure of success and doing interesting projects that I liked. And, but it was still just kind of the same photography year after year after year. So I want to do something a little bit different. And, um, the other thing was that, um, you know, for the first six months of last year, I basically couldn't use a camera normally. I had to turn down all documentary work. Um, and then I did portraits and I'd usually have an assistant to handle the lights and then to use the camera, I'd hold it with my left hand and then I'd have my arm in a sling and use a shutter release wow. in the in the in the right hand because they don't make left-handed cameras, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so about July of last year, um, it was after the sur- it was a couple months after the surgery, and you know I was doing physical therapy and all that, and I could bend my arm to about I don't know what this angle is, but mm-hmm. let's say my elbow is about ninety degrees. Uh-huh. That's not enough to hold a camera to your eye, but I needed practice. I wanted to work that joint and get back to doing my regular work. Um, So I figured these political events, I mean, they were going to be happening, you know, every other day or whatever, um, that it'd be really easy for me to just go practice using a camera again. Um, And in a way that didn't matter if I screwed it up because there's going to be another one. I mean, Bobby Jindal will be back again next week and, you know, whatever. (laughs) So that's kind of where it started. And then from the very first moment, I kind of came up with this idea of a horrible party. Uh And um, I liked the pictures I got from those first couple of trips up to New Hampshire. I'm like, I'm going to push this and push it hard. Uh Yeah. So it was was all completely self Sign. Did you, Absolutely. did you, who, but how did you come to that aesthetic very heavily? Um, yeah, I, I need, I, I've yeah. never done a lot of flash work. I mean, I do, you know, I do portraits mm-hmm. and I, you know, I put, put a light on 45 degrees, whatever, and, mm-hmm. and, and you call it good. Um, I've never done anything that looks quite like this and I want to try it. I wanted to see, yeah. I kind of like that look that I'd seen in some other, in some other work. Um, and want to play with it. The, the big thing I knew that I wanted to do because I knew this wanted to be a body of work, um, across six months, you know, until February 9th when the, when the primary was, mm-hmm. and all of these events happen in radically different settings. There's, you know, beautiful stage lighting, there's dim basement, pub lighting. There's outdoors on a sunny day, there's outdoors and cloudy day, all this kind of stuff. So I wanted a very consistent look across everything. So I got this really powerful flash um, that allowed me to do, you know, wide shots outdoors in the middle of a July day. And also indoors in a setting like where we are right now, where it's, you know, 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. What flash was it? We got to geek you, out a little bit. You <laughs> no, got it. Oh, oh, I hate this. Oh, no. Let me, no, let me, let me tell you. No. no. Let me. Kate Opperman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? I maintain. This is when I say, like, every people, you know, especially the photo, like, all the, the gear does matter all the time. I was like, you know what? Every single serious <laughs> photographer I've met is a friggin' gearhead. Like, they will start <laughs> some level. Some level. Hey, I'm just curious, though, because, yeah. you know, I think people are. Anyways. So. Yeah. So, well, let me, let me tell you, too, <laughs> that I've gotten a few people to buy the system. So, uh, I, I'm wanting, a, I, I want a kickback yeah. from uh, yeah. You can become an affiliate. You should I, go and affiliate Adorama. I, like. I probably could. So it's uh, um, Godox Witstro AD360 oh. is the name of the flash. Yeah. Totally oh. wacky. Um, and when I was, because I started out just using uh, like a speed light, normal, mm-hmm. normal kind of thing. And I, I mean, the batteries take a long time to refresh, especially when you're doing full power and you're outdoors and you just, you, you don't have enough power to do it. Um, and so I I asked people on Facebook, you know, a lot of photographer friends on mm-hmm. Facebook and said, hey, I need something that I can mount in a hot shoe um, on, on the camera and that will take pictures outdoors wide um, and, you know, give me enough power to have kind of a wide scene outside. And a lot of people said the Q flash, um, which is, I mean, the Godox is basically a knockoff mm-hmm. of the Q flash. Um, but, you know, I spent three years in China and have a lot of photographer friends there. And a couple of them saw the post and said, get the Godox. We use it for all our commercial work. It's solidly built because a lot of the Chinese knockoff um, camera gear is not great. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, some of it's hit or miss. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyway, this it's, solid. Um, you know, most of the time I was working at quarter or eighth power, um, on the flash. Um, so I had really fast refresh. I mean, you nice. basically never noticed it. Um, and it's got a beautiful bare bulb look. Wow. Um, and then, and then the other thing that really drew me, drew it to me, um, uh, straight out of college, I interned at black star, mm-hmm. um, photo agency, which has this amazing historical archive. And I remember looking through these old negatives because we were part of this effort that was kind of digitizing some of the collection and then mm-hmm. sending it out to university collections. Um, and you'd hold these negatives of, you know, like trials of KKK members during the civil rights, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it's slow film in dimly lit indoor settings. Um, and it's this beautiful flash old style of photography. And, you know, there's like the, the picture of Adlai Stevenson with the hole in his shoe and the, the, um, you know, some of his old, the Dewey defeats Truman picture, oh, yeah. you know, all this stuff that has this really interesting look. And I'm like, this is something that I kind of, I like this look of old political photography, but I want to do it in color and make it just a little bit different, make mm-hmm. it contemporary, mm-hmm. but still harken back to this older style of political photography. So that's one thing that kind of drew cool. me into this flash look as well. Cool. Yeah. It also, I mean, it does, there's a little bit of a Martin Parr kind of vibe to it. A little oh, bit, I you can know, see for that. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So I know the one picture of Bernie Sanders where he's, it's basically his hands and it has the, um, he's behind the podium www.berniesanders.com. That one was actually won an award, American Photo 32, right? Yeah, yeah, I got so, selected or cho- I don't know what the word is. It's in the book. It's not, you know, not just the website, but it's yeah, in the yeah, book. Yeah, 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 yeah. So congratulations on Thanks. that. Yeah, that's cool. yeah, so, yeah it's really happy about who, that. Who else has been picked up as well, too? Who else has been picking it up? Yeah, um, the I think the first place that published a larger piece was that, oh, it was actually New York Magazine on their Daily Intelligencer blog. Mm-hmm. They were the first people to pay for pictures from mm-hmm. this, and mm-hmm. it was the second time I photographed Trump. And they're like, yeah, we'll put a few pictures up online, nice. paid me a little bit, and nice. it was good. Um, then Le Monde, um, their weekend magazine called M, and I always say Le Monde wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, they did 
five or six pages of mm-hmm. Trump pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was, I was showing around some more and there was um, uh, Esquire. I got in touch with Esquire and uh, the DOP there contacted me and said, we want to do something. We're not sure what it's going to be, mm-hmm. but we'd like to make a commitment and, and do something like mm-hmm. that. So it ended up being in the February issue of that. There's eight pages there. Nice. Um, New Republic did six pages, I think. Um, Newsweek did, you know, small pictures, but mm-hmm. over eight mm-hmm. or ten pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Time picked up a couple pictures, and then I got some assignments from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bloomberg Business Week assigned me um, for... Um, one day, uh, Wall Street Journal assigned me for a day. The Globe and Mail did two spreads. And then, in fact, just this mm-hmm. week, they um, did a third double truck um, in their newspaper. Nice. Um, there's a few. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it really is a viral. You kind of have a. <laughs> yeah, it's not. I've never had anything take off yeah. like this. And it, I mean, it's uh, I'm, I'm riding this rocket. So you really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> then you had the interview in Conscientious Magazine. You talked yeah. to York and yeah, now yeah. you're on the LPD show. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, you're I know. Really I know, like, I know you're I know, like, you're a politician. You're out on the campaign That's why I got the buttons. Yeah. Which are probably No, I think that's awesome. I think and I think it's just like such a supreme story of like how you follow this instinct that you wanted to go and do it and like that yeah. ended up being you know the yeah. thing that kind of busted through but I think I would be remiss if I didn't ask what in the hell was it like <laughs> to photograph at a Trump rally yeah. <laughs> and to photograph Donald Trump which is this is going to go down in history is one of the craziest kind of like yeah. uh, you know presidential candidacies ever I mean what yeah. you're there on the ground you're seeing it firsthand what yeah. in the hell is going on I wish I knew. (laughs) (laughs) We've heard a lot about how you're kind of caged in at those events. Yeah, Yeah, that started happening about January of this year. Mm -hmm. Um, Up until, I think I, I got to check my dates, but I think I photographed him once in December, a few times in November, a few times in September, a couple times in August. In those early events, you could just do it whatever you wanted. I mean, there was, I mean, there's huge crowds, of course. I mean, but most of the time the crowds, they just wanted to see a celebrity. Um, you talk to some people who are supporters, but most people said, he's a celebrity, you know? I'm not, yeah, no, it was really interesting. And some people would say, I'm going to vote Republican. I don't know about Trump, but I just want to see this famous guy. You yeah, know, I've yeah. seen him on TV for years. I mean, you know, I mean, everybody feels that with, when, you're, when you're around celebrity, that kind of thing. Um, but early, I don't know what I can add that, to, to what everybody else has said, mm-hmm. but it's so controlled. Um, and it started to be controlled in about December, January. Mm-hmm. And you'd be, I mean, cause you got secret service in late November. Um, and then all bets were off. I mean, you had to, I mean, you have, you have to be in place like an hour or two beforehand. And like there was one I didn't go to, but there was one where like the reporters weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. <laughs> wow. I mean, cause you're, you're, you're pinned in and they want to make sure everything's secure and yeah. you know, all that. Um, and it's weird because, you know, you get to know some of the campaign people um, that are kind of controlling the press, the communications people, whatever, and they're usually pretty friendly to you. Um, and they make all these promises. Like, I was at this one event, is that uh, it was Trump's first endorsement in New Hampshire from a policeman's union. I can't remember the exact name of the union. Um, but um, we, it was miserable to shoot. It was a dark room um, that could fit. I mean, it was about about the size of this room that we're in right now, you could fit a hundred people in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were at the back, but 
there were there's just a small riser space for all the TV cameras, but all the photographers were at the same level as the crowd, so you couldn't see over him. And like we start talking to the to the to the press guy and say, "What are we going to do? You know, will you let us go up there? I mean, you know, because we worked the crowd before Trump arrived and all that, but I mean, that's not the the big show's Trump." Um, And he said, yeah, yeah, we'll get you. We'll make sure. I mean, what's going to happen is he's going to come out. He's going to talk. You guys have to stay here. But then we're going to open up another thing because there's another crowd on the other side that he had been talking to before about this endorsement. And then we'll let you guys all go up. Mm-hmm. Um, that never happened. Uh. And like everyone, like we were just in everybody's way. I mean, it was crowded. I mean, it was just you couldn't fit. You know, it was two people deep and there's a riser and there's cameras over your head and cameras right next to you. And you just can't do anything. I mean, it you just can't miserable. make miserable. It's miserable. awful. I mean, what can you do? You know? So what's what's the but what's the vibe? Is it is it is it kind of this do you feel like this is there like that tension? I mean the Maybe you were doing it before a lot of the violence kind of like started. Yeah, I never saw. Never I never saw of- much of that. Um, there's the his campaign manager that just got charged. Charged the right word. That with assault. I did. I had a shoot that was supposed to be exclusive for the Wall Street mm-hmm. Journal. We're going to mm-hmm. do a portrait of him in a diner. Um, but then it seems like somebody leaked to a couple TV. There's one TV crew that just happened to be doing a special on that diner that day, and then it turned out Trump was going to be there. They didn't know that. It wasn't about Trump, so they had to rewrite and all that, and they were just going to stick around. That was fine. I mean, they were friendly. Anyway, they were, they set down. their. We did our little interview. I took my pictures. I had my... 30 seconds doing a portrait with Trump. Um, And then he said, okay, now I have to eat lunch. So we're done. Um, And he goes and sits in a booth over here, gets a, you know, grilled cheese sandwich, whatever. And the news crew set their camera down on the table, like kind of pointed at him. And then this Corey Lewandowski guy, who's the campaign manager, just went nuts. He's like, what are you doing? This is off. You cannot do this. We agreed to this. You can't, you know, and, but, but it was like more than just telling them. I mean, you could see rage and you could see, I mean, wow. so, but that's the only real time that I saw rage mm-hmm. or, you know, any of that anger yeah. that, but not that from the, not from, the, not from the, the, the crowd. No, I, mean, I, I think I, that's interesting that you said they're just there to see this, the celebrity. I mean, that's, yeah, you saw I really haven't, I've been reading a lot of, I get sucked into like some of the articles, you know, di- yeah. dissecting the, the Trump phenomenon or whatever. And it's yeah. like, you know, how these kind of like gets the crowd kind of like riled up. And there's something yeah. where he was saying, like, he really bases, a lot of what he says on like the the feedback he gets. So if he starts going yeah. on a roll on something, like he yeah, just kind of goes down and like, ratchets, ratchets it up, it up and like yeah. that's how he makes all of his decisions. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely well, see that. Well, New Hampshire is also early on. Right. You know, this is when yeah. other people still had a chance. Yeah. And that yeah. people didn't realize that Trump is going to be the nominee. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, feel well, like I don't like, know if that's a foregone conclusion. That's true. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, this is this is before there were massive protests at each Trump rally. You know, Trump had a rally across the street from my high school mm-hmm. in my hometown, and I'm, everyone there is Tea Party Republican, right, so right. it went very smoothly. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I've you know, I'm at my ripe old age of. We won't say, but getting up there, like I've <laughs> now seen, you know, since I've been an adult, I've, you know, there's been at least five presidential elections. And so you kind of, and I've always been, actually, I was like more into politics when I was in my 20s, like crazy. Because mm. right after 9 11, it's just like, uh, I was like, you know, yeah. following it like crazy. Like it was yeah. just so, and like, did you purchase the uh, Iraq War? 
Well, I don't remember. I'm a media dude. So, like, I'm, I'm kind <laughs> of, like, I've always been interested in the way the media kind of covers this stuff. Yeah. And, like, so I'm really deep into that. But you've seen, like, you can watch the election cycle and you kind of, like, you start to understand how it works. Because it's much, it's so calculated the way this works. And it's like, okay, Trump, you know, I was like, yeah, he's going to drop out. And now it's like, what I find so fascinating is it literally is the f- kind of final implosion of the Republican Party, which yeah. is if you know, like I come from my parent family members are very deeply Republican. I've seen like you, you you've seen this kind of like mentality fester for since 9-11. And I maintain like it was after 9-11 that something snapped. And like the Republican, but, the the right wing psyche, where it was like we're vulnerable, like we yeah, can't it, allow mean, outsiders to come in, like this. So that feeds into all the stuff with like Mexico and the border and the Muslims yeah, and all yeah. that stuff is just like building. And then you have like you know the George Bush presidency, which is one of the most catastrophic presidencies in the history of America. You know, so I don't know. I kind of felt like you would see you see this coming. I actually I'm like. Maybe getting way too political here, but like <laughs> tangent alert. <laughs> I'm saying, like to me, it's like I'm almost smiling because this is like they're reaping what they sowed. I mean, this is it's all yeah, coming home to roost, and it's like, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, but we might be the ones that ultimately pay. I don't. I mean, if you look <laughs> at it, there's literally the dem. Like, there's no way they can win. I mean, it's like it's. Yeah. It'd be such a far out kind of thing if they if somehow he managed to win. So, yeah. but I Are think. You, oh, sorry. No, you. So what are you gonna say? Um, well, I was just going to ask, are you taking this to the conventions? Yeah, I just got a magazine to go on board. The deadline was today for credentials. Nice. Oh, wow. um, and it, for a freelancer to get it, you need to have a publication backing you. Right. And I did just get a magazine that say they, they would back me. And because um, they had they had uh, um, applied for a bunch of credentials for writers, but mm-hmm. no visuals. Um, so hopefully that goes through yeah. and I'll be there for both of them. I was planning nice. on going Regardless, um, you know, photographing whatever's going on outside, you know, there's going to be something to shoot. Um, but getting inside would be. Phenomenal. So is it is this do you is this something that's energetic, exciting? Is this really? I mean, because to me, I look at it, and yeah. you know, me personally, I'm like, I would get so tired of like <laughs> like this politics. You know what I mean? But yeah, and it also is like. The media spotlight on this stuff is like insane. Like it's just insane how like it's covered. Every little thing is dissected and kind of like cut and dry. And you're there in the middle. Like it's the center of attention of American culture right now. On the ground, that's infectious. Is it? You know, I mean, you can just feel this energy from all the people that you know. There's some of the um, the people that are operating the cameras in the background. They just put a camera on a tripod and have it follow the candidate. Mm -hmm. But this is maybe their first big national thing that they've ever worked Mm -hmm. on, and they're just excited to be there. And and you get that from I mean, the people in the audience that whatever candidate they support, or maybe they're just going to see the political spectacle. Mm -hmm. You know, I met these guys from Europe that every four years they go. Excuse me. Uh, every four years, they go um, the last week of the Iowa caucus and then the last week of the New Hampshire primary. That's their two week vacation. Every four years. Years. So I mean, it's weird, you know. But you see people that are just so interested in this in a way that I mean, I wish I was interested in anything like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but but still, you can you can feel a little bit about of, of, mm-hmm. of that energy and excitement and you know hope and change and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. But but on, on the other side, too, I mean, I grew up in Montana, and no candidates 
ever go to Montana. They just yeah. don't care about it. It's not worth anything in electoral college. The primary is always too late, and it's almost always Republican. So it's, I mean, it, it's just written off. Yeah. Um, so for me, this is always something I read about in history books and saw on TV and nothing else. No no even opportunity to, to see these people and see what ground-level politics is like. And for me, that is fascinating. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've always been interested in history and, mm-hmm. and, and these kind of things. Politics a little bit. I mean, like the horse race politics I've never been that interested in. Mm-hmm. But still, this is a point in history that will be referred to in history books and influential to who knows what. Absolutely. And it's cool to be on the ground floor and, and you know, witness that with your own eyes, even though, you know, I have a lens in between my eye and what's going on. Yeah, but yeah. but still, you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, I think, I think that's kind of, yeah, the, the, the spectacle of it and being right there, like that energy. So yeah. I think, you know, we've talked... I don't want to be like the mainstream media who's given Donald Trump all this free. <laughs> How is it? What about Bernie Sanders? Because Bernie Sanders is on the other end who's like yeah. has this huge movement yeah. behind him. And it's like really kind of, you know, that and almost in a, I would say in the real kind of like what's going to happen at yeah. Bernie Hillary. Like, so what, yeah. how does it feel like to be at the, the those Bernie Sanders rallies? Is it, is there something noticeably going on there? Is it? No, it's, I mean, it's honestly, it's about the same as mm-hmm. any other event. There's a little bit more tie dye at the Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and then the other thing too, is that, and this really struck me as odd. Cause I was looking at the pictures I was taking of Bernie versus some of the other candidates. Mm-hmm. And I only had pictures of him at a podium. Mm. And I was like, why the heck is this? Why do I only have those pictures? Because I have mm. all the other sorts of pictures from all the other candidates. And I started to realize, and very early on I noticed, that he did not take questions from the audience and never shook hands with people <laughs> after a speech. Wow. Like he'd, he'd do a speech, and then two minutes later he was out the door. Um, that changed right in the last month of the primary, and he'd do a lot more of the glad handing and the kissing babies and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know why that is, why, why he did that, sure. but it was, and I talked to the other photographer and said, yeah, I can't get pictures of him um, shaking hands or hugging people oh. or anything. And he eventually started doing that because, you know, all the candidates do selfies with people and all that. Mm. And does not did not exist with Bernie Sanders from like July until December yeah. of 2015. Like he just didn't. Well, do because that. he's like so. nose to the grindstone socialist. That, he's, that's, he's, like, <laughs> he's like it's all business. That, you know? That's one. <laughs> yeah. That's one hypothesis that I've heard from and and something I thought of yeah. that he's just. Like he's got important stuff to say and yeah. he wants to say that and all this other stuff is just kind of the junk that you do on the side that doesn't really matter and doesn't get his message across. On the other hand, it is extremely important that, I mean, the president at a certain level was a cheerleader mm-hmm. for policies and, you know, the plan for the budget and all that kind of stuff. And you need to be able to communicate with people and get people on your side mm-hmm. and just do that nitty gritty of shaking hands and hugging and all that stuff that's really important in modern American politics. Mm-hmm. So, and he didn't do that for a long time, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Hillary, on the other hand, um, you know, she'd give her speech and, you know, she's got this, she doesn't come across as, you know, with, as a really warm personality through her speeches. <laughs> you, know <what> I mean? <laughs> you know, I'm trying to say this diplomatically, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I mean, yes. but, but yeah. you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, but yes. After her speech, she seems to be like the warmest, most <laughs> fun. Wow. I mean, like she yeah, is into being on the ground with mm-hmm ordinary New Hampshire people like she'll grab people's phones out of their hands say look at this and start taking a picture and I mean just she's into doing that and just absolutely loves it for some reason hmm. um, yeah, and, I sh- and it doesn't come across on TV no not, uh, at, all. not at all I would not have and, thought and, and the other thing about Hillary that I remember I, I worked in Russia for a little bit and I, I knew some State Department people and they and they they kept saying that you know they'd been at the State Department for 20 years or something they said Hillary Clinton by far is my favorite boss 
I've wow. ever had because she is friendly and personable and seems to care about everybody. And you just never see that on TV for some reason. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't come across in the way that she delivers her speeches. And I mean, there's plenty of reasons why, why that is, you know, you gotta, mm-hmm. anyway, I mean, there's been tons of articles written yeah. about that, yeah. but on the ground, just, it was interesting to see the total difference between, cause you expect that you expect, well, I don't know what you'd expect, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but anyway, she, yeah, it was just neat to see how much she seemed to just enjoy meeting people and shaking hands and all that. So you, yeah. so you cover American politics, you're getting kind of your, I don't want to say big break, but your things are moving forward here. I want to yeah. backtrack a little bit because you spent many years in China. Yeah, yeah, I was there for three years. Yeah, 2007, uh, 2010. And we had, yeah. so we had John Francis Peters on. He spent oh. a lot of time in China too. Yeah. He's always... You had some related, some interesting stories. Contemporary China is like yeah. another one of those. I mean, there's a lot of Western photographers that have their eye on what's going yeah. on in China. And you, were, yeah. where did you live in China? In a town called Nanjing, okay. uh, which is formerly the capital until mm-hmm. 1949. The rape of Nanking right, happened right. there, which is you know huge, you know part of the war. And yeah, I mean it's an interesting place. Ten million people or so, and huge city, lots of trees. Cool place. Hmm. Ten yeah. million people, and it's what? <laughs> where does it rank in China? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, uh, probably not even in the top twenty. Uh, wow. I mean, it might be the top twenty. That's New York size. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. So, yeah. I mean, and there are so many other, all the provincial capitals you've never heard of are about the same size, um, but you've just never heard of them. Well, well how, how, why did yeah. you go to? Why did you want to go to China? Uh, my now we're married. My wife. Um, we were dating at the time. Um, she speaks fluent Chinese, and she wanted to just improve it um so decided to go there she taught at university there for a few years and Mm -hmm. i wanted to do international photography but i didn't want to do war um and i wanted to go so i want to go to a place with a lot of news but no conflict i mean there is conflict in china but it's not the same thing as going to afghanistan or whatever um so yeah yeah and there's a lot of economic news a lot of um, development news especially 2007 2010 it was before the i mean right during the olympics before the you know Mm -hmm. so it was a cool place to be so what did you, what did you, what was your takeaway on what's going on in China? If you could get one. I mean, I'd be like. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big question. Yeah. Yeah. Kind well, of ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> say in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> you got one minute. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I, because I just remember yeah, vividly respect, John, I mean, like John Francis Peters saying yeah. like that it's a, you know, in Western China, he's like, these are the coolest people I've ever met in my life. Like it's Western China, like California, they're very chill, but he's also yeah. like parts of, China are like so dystopian that he's like <laughs> terrified for the future of humanity. And like, yeah. it just feels like China is, I don't know where the United States might have been in the turn of the 20th century. Like, this yeah. is the most important economy, everything that's going on there. I'm just yeah. kind of like, I'm curious about. I guess it is an abstract, like a vibe. What's your kind of like feeling yeah. of what's. Oh, it's so hard to do. I mean, because it's, you know, they're. I mean, it's such a huge country, yeah. and and not just people-wise, but geography-wise, mm-hmm. and history-wise, and language-wise, and food-wise, and all these things. It's just so much crammed into a single place mm-hmm. that I don't know how you can ever summarize it in, in one way. I mean, it's amazing to see. It. When I was there, they were building all these highways. I mean, it's, so in some ways, it felt kind of like the 1950s, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that there was all this kind of heavy industry and like manual labor and all that that was starting to get replaced and people were starting to get cars and people were starting to have more money and, and all that. I mean, that, that's that's the story of China from, you know, late 90s to now. Um, but to, to witness that and to see, I remember, you know, like a six-lane highway mm-hmm. being built, but 
there weren't, it didn't really go anywhere, so there weren't any cars on it, so I just rode my bike down the middle of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's things like that that you just, you can't fathom mm -hmm. that happening in the U.S., mm -hmm. um, but I imagine it did happen when the highways were being built right. by Eisenhower, um, and, you know, people are like, what is this newfangled highway? I don't know what, you know, I don't know what it's going to do, you know, but, um, so there is a lot of that. Um, it's... Fascinating and how was place, it for, so. for like photographing? What was it? Was it a different, yeah. what kind of jobs were you getting there? Was it mostly Western media or who were you? Yeah. I mean, I did actually work for, there was like an expat newspaper in the, in the city where we were and I shot a little bit for them kind of uh -huh. mostly as a favor because they didn't pay that much, but it was still, you know, fun to do. I knew the people that worked there. Um, and mostly for foreign publication, I was mostly working on I me mean, because that was right when I was starting out, you know, I interned at a couple papers, interned at a couple agencies uh -huh. and I'm like, don't want to work at newspapers. I'm going to be a freelancer. Here's what I'm going to do. So I was just kind of figuring out what I was doing, working on my own stories, pitching as much as I could, go meet people in New York, like we mentioned at the beginning, mm -hmm. um, and just doing that, figuring myself out. And it was cheap to live there, um, and that was a big part because, I mean, <laughs> the first few years of, of freelancing is basically a vow of poverty, you yeah. know? I mean, it's difficult, and the cost of living is just so low there, and, you know, with my wife's job, I mean, you know, my now wife's job and it was a good place to mm -hmm. figure out what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it was a lot of Western publications, worked a lot for the Wall Street Journal there. Um, a lot of places would pick up my work. Time Asia used a few pictures here and there and just different places. So um, it was good. It was fun. Um, love to do it again, but I don't know if I will because I got all <laughs> these. I mean, I bought a house and all that, so oh, I can't, you know, yeah. I, mean, I can't, yeah, yeah, can't yeah. exactly pick up stakes now. <laughs> so you're back, you feel you're yeah. back. You don't want to, you don't want to go do the globe trotting kind of. Well, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I still go back every now and again. Uh, 2014 was the last time I was in China uh -huh. and, and my degree in, in, in college was in Russian. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, uh, go back to Russia now and again oh, too. Wow. Um, but it's not, like living for years at a time. I don't know. Wait, did you live in Russia too? Um, not, I mean, in college, I studied there for six months. Uh -huh. Um, and then a couple month long trips here and there. Um, but never, not, not like I lived in China. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a cool place too. Hmm. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about a few books. It'll be good. All right. Food. Taqueria El Fogon, free advertisement for local Bushwick <laughs> El Fogon. Mexican. One or two? Oh. Well, two is no more. Oh, so it must be one. Yeah. Must be one. Tradition at the LPV show of eating at uh, Taqueria El Fogon. Well, we're back and we're going to talk about a couple, I think, very cool books. Not one of them, I don't even know if you consider this a book. Uh, it's definitely not a not a book. Yeah. It's, it's, so the name yeah, of it is Deadline, and it's by Will Stacy, and it's actually a, a newspaper. And he made a full issue of a newspaper, and it's all about the death of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Yeah. And I saw this at the it was at the Aperture Book Bazaar. Okay. And I went, I bought it from him, and when I saw it, I got like, this is. I I was a journalism. Yeah. In college, studied mm -hmm. journalism. I've always wanted to be. 
I shouldn't say that because I'm not in it now. But like, <laughs> that was, uh, that was, I've always wanted to be a journalist. I've always wanted to be I'm a not. journalist, <laughs> but now I'm whatever I am. No, um, <laughs> You're some form of a journalist. I, whatever. <laughs> but newspapers were like my kid. I was like, this is a great thing. I wanted newspaper. So when I saw this, like this mix of like photography and like, I guess, photo books. And then yeah. he made this newspaper. And like, I haven't read all these articles, but he got former people, journalists from the Inquirer to write the articles about the death of the newspaper industry. Yeah, that's cool. This is, I mean, I saw something like this guy just fucking nailed yeah, it on I mean, it's like, like it's, every, it's, a, it's a life's work, basically. I yeah. mean, it's just this huge undertaking. <laughs> and it's just to do it in this format yeah. is just so brilliant. beautiful, brilliant, and yeah. poetic. It's the only I, way to do it. It was yeah. the only way to do it. it. I mean, to me, this is like one of the, like, maybe once a year, twice a year, you see something like, Damn, that's such a ma yeah. that's a masterpiece, and this is yeah. and this is not like picking up the metro. This is like picking up a Sunday edition. Of a, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, so he's got the beautiful photos, and the, he took all the photos, and like, I don't know. And then to get all these different all the people to write it, I just think this is you know. And obviously, your photojournalism, you're deep in, yeah. you know, you're blogging about this the stuff that's going on in yeah. journalism. It's it's. You're in the mix. You know what's going on. You know the change in the media <laughs> landscape. It's all part of the course. Said that I know what's going on with anything. Uh, well, <laughs> that's, that's journalism. But that's a, that's. I mean, you know, I again, I am. I still. I follow like Jay Rosen, what, like media theorists. Like mm. I follow all the geeky, yeah. wonky kind of like yeah. media stuff about what's going on. And like he, yeah. I mean, Will's perspective on this is that you're really losing this. It's it's a threat to our democracy. Yeah. Yeah, a threat to our democracy that you don't have these yeah. local newspapers that were at one time family owned people that wanted to like truly do something for the community yeah. for the city and they Not were just like for the community but for their own community for their own community and they were driven yeah. by this, this really staunch really before yeah. like the consolidation of like the media and the newspapers yeah. buying up and this is really I mean he's if you know Will's work like he doesn't he goes full throttle and yeah, he's yeah. pissed off about this yeah. and like doing something like this I think it really I mean that comes through so I, I mean I guess that's kind of my rant about like how brilliant this this thing is like I would love to have Will on someone yeah. to talk about but I mean, like he I mean, and he has archival photos from yeah that's the thing I mean the, it, it, the, yeah. it's a love song it's an elegy it's a ballad it's all these different things right. all together I mean it's yeah yeah, he. I mean, so and again, like, I don't know how how am I going to preserve this? I'm going to have to put it in some yeah. sort of yeah. vacuum. Not, not like, keep my, it away from the sun. Say, yeah, <laughs> not let my grubby hands go through it again. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> even like he even did like the fake like ads too. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, so wow. like on the back is for like the Tyranny Fellowship. You know, yeah. it's like, look, look at this one on what section is it? It's the looks like the fourth section maybe. That it, section D, and it's just oh, we might have yeah, to rephotograph oh, that, yeah, definitely. right? <laughs> but what I think that is is an advertisement for subscribers that he's taken the text away. Oh. That, that's my guess, yeah. you know. Yeah. But it's just this stark image of a rolled up paper oh, on sure. a field of white that it could be a gravestone. You yeah, know? I mean, wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, that's it's a, cool. That's amazing. That's a good observation, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, there's so much to unpack on, on the whole thing too. It's like you can't. I mean, like it's it not. It's not like you can page through a book and whatever. You gotta like really kind of commit to the entire yeah. thing. I'm so. mixing this all up. Oh, whatever. I'll figure it out. But that's what's so fun about it, is that you're just. I mean, you can spread it out across a huge table. Yeah. And, I mean, and that's yeah. like the newspaper. I remember. I mean, waking yeah. up. My favorite thing on a Sunday morning 
Yeah. You get the big fat Sunday edition. Yeah. And like I would run up and like obviously I would go try to find the sports section right away. And my dad would have it like hidden away. He's like, what are you doing? Give me the damn sports section. I don't care about like <laughs> the local news. I like, want to see know, how bad the, the Vikings comics. did this. I was, <laughs> <laughs> that I was, why would you check the box scores? <laughs> <laughs> and that was as a kid, you would sit there and like look at the box scores and look at, oh, he was like three for four. Like <laughs> reading, reading sports box scores. Do people still do that these days? I mean, it's I just know. like, oh, geez. But even look at Wait, the way that Brian's holding sure. this, this yeah. paper. I mean, it looks <laughs> like you're sitting there with the yeah. cheer with your Cheerios in the morning. Exactly. You know, and you're just looking through the day's news. I mean, it's yeah. cool. Man, it's like the hist- historical. Yeah, this is, I, I don't know, this is, I mean, this yeah. this almost makes me cry. I'm yeah. not a crier. Because yeah. you know? like, there have been a few other people who have yeah. done these newsprint uh-huh. things, mm-hmm. you know, not books, whatever you want to call them, yeah. but not like this. I mean, no, this not like this. Newspaper photography is what got me into photography. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very bittersweet thing for me. <laughs> yeah, and I think <laughs> it's I think without Will's kind of like anger, I mean, for lack of a better word, just like fundamental kind of like he's pissed off that this is really going to you know. Yeah, but what's interesting to me about this is that I mean, you could take pictures of empty newsrooms after the newspaper shut down, and it could just be that. But by getting all these writers, mm-hmm. you know, that worked at the paper, in a way, you're preserving this institutional knowledge that is what makes the paper great. Um, and that is really interesting to me too. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So you, like we were just discussing at the break a little bit, I mean, you're deep, you've been deep in this mix of the transformation of what's going on in the media and photojournalism and yeah. you're like kind of at the pulse of it. This week I, I pitched stories to three websites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's well, weird. I've never done that. Oh, really? I mean, but what's, I mean, yeah. a Buzz, getting a story in BuzzFeed or Mashable, like they're yeah. all, there's a bunch of websites that do. Yeah, well that's who I met with. I met with BuzzFeed, Mashable, and Vox. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and yeah. tomorrow I'm seeing MSNBC in right. their, for nice. their website. The big dogs. Yeah, but it's weird. I mean, they're, they're they're doing stuff. They're publishing stuff. They have this. Un, I mean, they don't worry about the price of ink. You know, they, right? <laughs> they do, but do, do you think they do? You, so there's been a lot of talk about like devaluation of photography and photojournalism and things. Do you think? Yeah. Is that, I mean, it's true. Do you think like the web has devalued it, or do you think like the the new opportunities that have popped up have kind of counterbalanced it? If it weren't for the web, I wouldn't be a photographer. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, there's, there's no way I could do it. You know, it's digital cameras and being able to email and do all this stuff that otherwise I wouldn't. I mean, I'm a kid from Montana. I went to school in Seattle. I'm nowhere near any magazines or, or big newspapers that I work for now. So there's no way I could do that without, you know, having a lot more connections or money or who knows right. what. Um, so in that way, I think the democratization of of photography, of journalism, of everything is novel and good and interesting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. problem is funding and i mean that's always a problem right um, yeah. and and that makes it tough but so we're in this weird period where it's a golden age of there's never been more places hungry for good stories mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and an audience more hungry for good stories maybe i don't know yeah. um but there's also just not the funding that there once was mm-hmm. so i don't know it, it, it's good and bad and it allows I don't know. Yeah. The so, newspaper is more of a like community location based thing too. Yeah. Whereas now it's just all over everywhere. Well, that's yeah, that, and that's kind of the big thing is like your real the biggest hit is on your local news and like what's yeah. going on in a small town. I mean, like you don't the mm. you know this the thing is is that what happened is like nobody and if you really you can really dissect this stuff is that like the stuff that always people look at, the sports and all this kind of stuff, that yeah. stuff and like the, you know, 
the car dealerships or whatever would fund all the, yeah. the type of journalism that nobody yeah. would pay attention to. And yeah, it kind of got yeah. subsidized. It's always weird when people like go after listicles and like link bait and all stuff. And it's like, well, the newspaper kind of did that in absolutely. its own way. And it's absolutely, absolutely own way. There's yeah. not yeah. a there's, big difference. They led with like, reviews. There's restaurant reviews, all that exactly. stuff. It's just kind of fluff. Yeah. But that yeah. would pay for that would get the advertising and then pay yeah. for the real hardcore stuff. And what's fundamental is like the stuff digging into, you know, like the, the, what do you call them? The city council meetings and those sort of things, the crime, like that's not, there's not a lot of people that are following that stuff. Yeah. There isn't yeah. a huge audience to kind of like what's going on at every city council meeting. Let's follow the crime. Also. And you have this, this contradiction, like that is so important for people to know. And yet not very many people are yeah. actually going to consume well, it. So I, how do you pay for it? Yeah. And the funny thing is that a lot of that is some of it's still being reported, but, the way that we digest news now is either we seek it out or our friends post it on right. social media and they're never going to post that stuff. Okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. So, you know, growing up, you know, looking at the daily paper every single day, I'd leaf through every single section and I'd see all the stuff that I maybe didn't know I cared about and being able to see that next to news about whatever was going on in whatever war or whatever presidential candidate and then see something about the local city council or closing of a food bank or, you know, whatever it is, is... That, I think, is one of the major values of having a printed newspaper product and something to leaf through. In the same way that I was sitting in, you know, Bloomberg's offices today, just leafing through Business Week. And, you know, I had a lot of time on my hands and just read, I mean, not read, but, you know, every hey. single headline in, in, in the magazine, which is something you so rarely do. But I look, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter, this is what I'm saying on Twitter. I don't, I don't do Twitter. Uh, this, this, is, this is my, it's the same thing. Yeah. Like, the reason I love Twitter is that, like, you have to be concise on the headline yeah. and like so you tell the information handling I can cruise through so many headlines <laughs> without necessarily digging into the article yeah. and like I wasn't just saying like trying to no. discourage it but like no no what no. you're saying is the same thing is like you would through the newspaper uh, you kind of like but this is a, this is also a feed that you've you've curated exactly exactly yeah. exactly so it's not as not ran, random's not the right word but not it, the newspaper, somebody else is curating it. They think this is you know, all the news that's fit to print. That's right. not the case with Twitter. No. It's what you think is fit to yeah. go across your yeah, eyeballs. Yeah, absolutely. I think the <laughs> closest thing we have is Wikipedia when you, you go on these You start tangents. just clicking. And, yeah, yeah, going through, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I don't, you know, like I said, Twitter, I feel I try to, like, bring in a diverse kind of yeah. Yeah. follow. I mean, but it, you're right. It, it takes active kind of participation to, like, cultivate those feeds. Yeah. But, you know... I mean, I don't know. I, I think you're just at a point. Like, who's going to read a 5,000-word story, investigative story on corruption within yeah, well, the city council or whatever? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're dealing with a small subsection of, like, people mm -hmm. that are actively inter interested mm -hmm. in politics or, like, local politics or what have you. Mm -hmm. But, like, that stuff is fundamental. I mean, my concern is, like, going after, like, the corporations and making sure keeping them in check because at this point, like... yeah. You didn't yeah. get away with anything. The corporations. <laughs> the corporations. <laughs> the good nets of the yeah, world. I think, I think that the, that essay that you're thinking about in the in the newspaper, like when you're scrolling through your mobile phone, you mm -hmm. you click on a New York Times app and you see how tiny the little like cursor on the side is, and you're like, oh shit, how long? But I mean, there, everyone's consuming more content. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not. It's just, it is what it is. You know? Yeah. Like, I make more money photo assisting on a prom dress shoot right. than 
people who are like hardcore war photographers making right. a day right, right, shooting right. in Syria. And that's just like, that's And that's, I sad. think it's just like, that's kind of, well, I mean, we, we have a society, I'm not saying, you know, that's somewhat comfortable that like you have, you go to your job and you work your job and you come home at night, you really want to read a 5,000 word article on like yeah. corruption in the city council or like some corrupt, you know, you kind of like, oh, that's terrible. I don't want to read that. They'd rather you turn on the TV. I mean, I think like being kind of in, embedded somewhat in like the media industry and following that it's like it really is like media people and like those that are geek yeah. out over it and it's like that is the audience the and audience, it's yeah. you got to kind of have to you just deal with it that's what it yeah. is so i don't i don't know I, th I think like i'm on the i'm on the i'm on the fence here i think it's sad that we are losing a lot of newspapers but on the other hand they kind of brought about their own demise in a lot of ways because they chose a certain business model early on that was going to be completely reliant on advertisers you know yeah. like that that would that that ship was gonna like go on forever and yeah. like it yeah. just hasn't and in some just ways not adapting to the web in time well and like even like, but even having a monopoly on you know a you know a certain region or what have you and it's like well i'm in favor of competition i think there's a lot of websites that have come up that are doing really interesting things you know yeah. but on that well, local level, you're really hurting because of most of the big websites. There was a good article yeah. just last week about how most of like the new media companies are kind of um, consolidating in New York and LA, and how uh, that's kind of bad yeah. for the entire industry because you're not you're missing losing out perspective. on you're losing perspective, and it's like every if all the media I mean, people are in New York City, that's all the TV is now right, already, yeah. and to have all other media suddenly just be consolidated like that, it's. Yeah. What about Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, <laughs> Chicago Law? Uh -oh. I, I will not accept them being inserted into SVU. Uh -huh. <laughs> my my yeah. mom watches like all of them. Yeah, they have so much crossover. Yeah. It's like one writer who's from Chicago who's like, I'm gonna put Chicago on the map. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. take this model of police, hospital, EMT, fire yeah. show, and it's all gonna be in Chicago. Well, they're procedurals. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Are, you don't want to. I mean, it's I genius. I don't, think you want, I don't think we want to go down the rabbit hole. Of me talking about like uh, police procedurals and true crime. Oh, yeah. you get like a dark. That's another podcast. Did you have uh, an Errol Morris book on your list of things to talk about or now? Oh, I, I I brought that out earlier. We were oh, we did have discussing a, which books we were gonna uh, pull out. It didn't well, make the cut. It didn't make the cut, but it's we, sort we, of we, a we photo book. We have another exactly not Errol, but uh, Christopher Morris. Christopher. Yeah. My America, um, and this was published by Steidel. Gerhard Steidel. He's a more photo book publisher. I don't know what that was. <laughs> you brought it up, man. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was really Tom, excited. You're going to cut that, right? Uh, We'll keep it. <laughs> we'll keep it. Tom, we'll keep it. What, are you going to try to embarrass me in my own show? <laughs> so this is my book. So this I, is Tom's book, yeah. I've had but it you, for a while, and I remember when he was working on this and being very excited about seeing the results. What's the context? Yeah. Um, I went to one of the first seven public lectures. It was in Boston, oh. actually. Oh. 
Not were the, you, no, because there was a seven seminar in New York um, was I think mm. the first one they did, and I, I went was, to that one too. That was right when I started my internship, so oh. I was like working the door. Oh wow, yeah, we yeah we were both <laughs> so there. We probably, probably cross paths there at least. That's so I can give a little bit of context here. Photographer Christopher Morris is a founding member of the photojournalist agency Seven, based in New York. Morris produced My America while covering the first and second administrations of U.S. President George W. Bush for Time Magazine. Over the past five years, while taking photographs from his vantage point as a correspondent close to the center of American power, Morris documented a personal vision in these photographs that reflects an America and an intersection of patriotism and control, politics, and devotion. My America is the first monograph of Morris's work, really. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously he was just in the news because he got choked yeah, and man. slammed at the Trump. You know, Wait, he's, what? That's the most <laughs> violent thing I've slams? seen at a Yeah, choke slammed. Yeah. 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 Like, like Secret Service guy. Grabbed on Secret the neck Service and guy. just thrown to the ground. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's over 60 now. Yeah. yeah. Was, Whoa. You know, it was violent. Yes. It was violent. <laughs> yeah, uncalled for. Yeah. So, and, and that's the crazy thing is that he was like deep embedded in the Bush, Bush administration, uh, yeah. George W. Bush administration, both mm. sessions of it, both terms of it. And like, to the point where George W. Bush had given him a nickname. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think it was Rockstar. Because um, he, <laughs> he kind of, you know, he wears leather and he has long hair and all that. Um, and, like, he knows how to operate around this stuff. It's yeah. not like he's doing anything. And suddenly the Secret Service turns on him and yeah. just takes him down. Yeah. So have you, and you, so how long did you work at Seven? That was four or five months, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's got to be yeah. intense. I mean, this is one of the most intense kind of, like, other than Magnum, you know, this yeah, is, these, the big guys. these guys yeah. are probably even more like, <laughs> well, what's crazy is when I was there, cause now mm-hmm. they're, I don't know if they still have that office space in, in Dumbo, in Dumbo mm-hmm. but I was there before they had that. And that was, um, they were in, I can't remember what floor, like the 20th floor of a building on the campus of fashion Institute of technology. Huh. And they shared that floor with the last, um, photo messenger service called New York photo express. And they were still operating at the time. This is 2006, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was weird. I mean, there's a photo messenger service yeah. that, that, that doesn't exist anymore, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. Wow. Um, but it was, you know, two people um, in the office and me. Um, oh, wow. And I mean, it was tiny. And we had a small collection of books. And we were mostly fielding phone calls and working on the archive, getting the captions and keywords right w- with Digital Railroad. That was back when that was. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was way back. <laughs> are, are most of Seven's photographers uh, war photographers? Yeah, at that time, yes, except for Lauren Greenfield mm-hmm. um, and um, Yoakum, Yoakum Latifoged, and he he did some war stuff. He oh, did yeah. the, the book The Albanians, That's which true. I've yeah, ever seen yeah. that. So good, um, and yeah, and I was there because right after I left, I th- or right when I was there is when Alexander Bulat went into a coma and then she later died. Uh, yeah. um, she was one of the founding members. And But it was, from the beginning, it was all war photographers. And yeah. now it's not quite, but there's still tons of conflict work. Well, this yeah. is, I mean, this book is I mean, definitely, the Stato book is edited as, I guess it's in that vein of kind of like the documentary, mm-hmm. fine art documentary. Obviously, like that's kind of the vibe yeah. here. And I don't know, when I was looking at this, I was really struck by like, it's a lot of, obviously every photograph is about being still, but like there's a lot of like people, they're like hypnotized either looking at something. No, or it's it, very I mean, it's like, it's like still lives of people. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. You know, and, and he, and he it, crops like by the chin or the neck in mm-hmm. a way you don't see a lot too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it's so different. I don't know if you know any of his work from before then, like when he covered the war in Chechnya, for yeah. instance, and it's so different. It's like, 
black and white, tons of motion, and just right into the action. And it's totally different from this stuff. I think we've all had that point where we're like, I'm going to do a project that's completely different than everything I've done. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I mean, he's like, you can just tell this guy, like, he can... I mean, it's Wake th- up in the morning, roll out of bed, and start making great. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I said, like the you know those like pure blood kind of photographers. Like yeah. this is just one of those guys. He's gonna like sit there and he's gonna. Doesn't make matter what shows. he does. He does fashion stuff. He does you know. Yeah. Seven offered uh, these workshops uh, yeah. for. I, I guess they still do it, and I was lucky enough to be part of one with. Christopher Morris. Oh, cool. cool. Uh, and it was at that were, were you shooting and and then like review what you did that day or what was it? Uh, it was more about like bringing work you were already I working see. on and yeah. just getting feedback from him was, was it valuable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What kind of stuff do you have to say? If you don't mind me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, 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 but I mean, because we all have these points in our history when we've met somebody who's maybe, you know, a photo idol or mentor or somebody, or maybe yeah. somebody's just a little bit further along that they said just this little nugget of something that you. Greg Miller in a recent yeah. episode. Yeah, good or like, bad, though. It was like my last big book project. It was yeah. like a merging of film and uh-huh. digital, and he, he, he liked it a lot. And yeah. it was. I don't know. I, I'm working on something similar now, uh, and I hope I can make something as good. Yeah. Is he Sh- shooting? Is this long lens? Send him a PDF. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. He shoots a lot with long lens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that's a skill. I don't know how you do that. Either. Yeah, yeah. Seventy to two hundred. It's a great yeah. lens to work with. I can't. I don't know. I don't have that, like the. I don't have voyeuristic. The yeah. I never. I mean, that was you know, it's the lens that everybody needs but hates mm-hmm. or you know yeah. whatever the phrase is. I put up buying and, it for um, a longest yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, it's just a weight in my camera bag. At least yeah. it used to be. But for this new stuff, um, I use a seventy two hundred almost exclusively. I use a fifty and a seventy two hundred. Yeah, it's weird. With the flash. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So you're shooting. Wow. So you, that was all seventy two hundred. Almost of it? all. Like huh. that one, like the, the upside down girl. Uh-huh. I'm standing as far as we are away from each other, and it's a seventy two hundred right on her. That's I a mean, great it's, lens. It's weird. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it has its application. I never really. It never really made sense mm-hmm. to me. It was just you know, get me closer when I can't. Yeah. And this time I, I'd use it in, you know, really tight scrums and, and, and then also a distance. But I, I, I figured out a way to make it sing, yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to do my own horn, but yeah. I, like, it, like it made sense to me in a way that mm-hmm. never had before. And that, that's, nice. yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's something with flat, flattening the image that yeah. never, like, it's a different way of kind of trying to represent. Oh, I used to think those you kind of pictures re- were just ugly, you know? <laughs> I mean, I wanted nothing to do with yeah. it, you know? Yeah, because you really had, it's like, it, 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 it speaks to a certain specificity of an image where mm. even in a lot of, like, I guess, fine art photography, so you want to be a little bit more ambiguous. Like, I guess mm. for me personally, like, I always want stuff that's as a depth in the frame and you're shooting. Yeah, that, this makes like, it claustrophobic. Yeah. You know, exactly. you are in there and everything is just crunched. Yeah. yeah. No, that's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So DVA photo, you guys are, like I said, you're going on shit, like eight, nine years now. Something like, like something like that. And you become a go-to resource for people in the photojournalism industry. And you we were relating a story. We won't tell the specifics of that story, but somebody reached out to you about a copyright issue and you were just yeah. saying how you've become kind of like a de facto like expert on copyright issues for yeah, the photojournalism <laughs> community. And I don't like, know if I go that far, yeah. but I've, I've dealt with a lot personally mm-hmm. and I've written about it, mm-hmm. you know, on the yeah, blog absolutely, absolutely. and on Facebook and stuff. And now people just like something comes up and they say, Hey, you should talk to Scott about this mm-hmm. cause he's dealt with it mm-hmm. and he's gone through this a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's something that 
I never thought I'd be an expert yeah. on copyright registrations and how to go after infringing, you know, publications. But mm. I've had to deal with. I mean, it's just a matter of fact that you have to deal with that. Mm. Um, yeah. What are you? So after all these years you're running, what do what do you think are kind of like the top things you would tell? people coming into photojournalism or we want to get into this, what are the kind of the insights mm. that you think have been most valuable to you by, by participating in the community, in the conversation and like becoming yeah. this resource? What, what would you want to tell kind of people getting into it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't want any competitors. I mean, yeah. Well, you, but that, no, but yeah, no, why no, are you doing it? But no, you like the I, sharing is important. Yeah, sharing is incredibly important to me. And I'm, mm-hmm. I've always been the opinion that, you know, a rising tide floats all boats mm-hmm. and that yeah. as, all other photographers are doing well, that'll come back to me somehow. Not that I'm looking for that, mm-hmm. but that it just, the environment gets better for everybody mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody benefits. Yeah. So why not, why not do that? I'd rather have friends than enemies. Yeah. Um, so that, that's one thing. I mean, making as a freelancer, I mean, free, you know, freelancing is about relationships mostly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was talking with one photographer just recently. So it's like dating. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're emailing at yeah, midnight yeah. and trying yeah. to, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why yeah, won't but, you respond to my text message? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't like, so, you haven't liked my Instagram pictures. Brian, in a week. Yeah. Brian's compared portfolio reviews to speed dating. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, that's are. absolutely yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. But, but relationships are so important. And I mean, what really goes a long way is just being nice. And I mean, the photos should be good, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. decent, but be nice, be easy to work with. Mm-hmm. And that goes so far. So and, true. You know, just be yeah. available, be nice and be, don't make any hurdles. Yeah. For, yeah. yeah. I always tell people like, if you know your stuff and you're just not an asshole, <laughs> right. yeah. you will be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if you, you do be. like, if you follow like exactly what you're passionate about, like in terms of like subject, I think a lot of people, you know, sometimes, like, that's the hardest thing. It's like, this is what I really want to photograph and, like, just to go really deep into it. Yeah. Um, I think I'm wondering, like, to me, I would not even be here doing this with any of the web or LSO. Yeah. Everything, I, I owe it yeah. all to, like, those connections and mm-hmm. just throwing mm-hmm. myself out there and, like, this is what I want to do and mm-hmm. pushing out there. Do you find, I mean, how, do you really think, like, there was kind of this little revolution in, like, photography through blogging and these and these things that happened in 2006 to, you know, now or whatever, and that you were a part of it and that you've, you know, got in on it, you know? Could be, but there are people that have, you know, come up since then and never Mm -hmm. did any of that. And then some people that came up, you know, before that did. I mean, it feels a little bit like there's a class of photographers that Uh kind of grew up at the same Mm -hmm. time. And I imagine that's the case for, you know, going back in the decades. I don't know. Yeah. Um, One thing that is interesting, kind of speaking to that point, when I – um, like I said, I interned at seven mm-hmm. and spent some time um, in the field with one of the photographers. And, um, you know, it, it was in Haiti and we'd shoot all day. And then at night I'd work on the pictures and and we'd just kind of shoot the breeze. And I was just this young guy. This is this seasoned veteran. And like, I should ask for some advice. We just started wow. talking and I said, so how is this going to work? Like, I can't get any work because you're around. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How is this going to happen? And he says, Scott, just wait. You know, this is a long game. And just meet as many people as you can and keep up those relationships. 
And there are a lot of people that won't be able to wait. You know, they'll have a kid or they'll, yeah. you know, just whatever it is, mm-hmm. they'll drop out. They'll need to become an editor. They'll need to whatever. And I had a ton of mm-hmm. photographers I know have now become editors. And not like I'm trying to get something out of relationship. You know, I don't want to be that cynical. But mm-hmm. these are my friends. And it's good to work with people you like. Mm-hmm. And so they start hiring me. And, like, I pitch to them because it's, I mean, you know, I trust their opinion. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of keep in it. As long as you can, Absolutely. and eventually there's this attrition or whatever you want to call it that suddenly there will be room. Well, there is, yeah, there's, I mean, I like to say, like, the best photographers or artists are, like, addicts and obsessives. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm sorry, like, in my, in the people that I've met, it's, like, the people Music that, that are the yeah. most obsessed. And, like, to some degree, yeah. when you're that obsessed, you're addicted to it. And, like, I know yeah. I am. It's, like, if I don't, if I can't go out and take a four-hour walk in Queens and take pictures, like... I'm thrown off like yeah. psychologically and like physically, like something isn't, is not right. You know, yeah, so I well, think here, here it is 9 PM on a Friday night. And this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But so do you think, but do you think like doing the blogging and all that opened up doors? Like people know, Oh, oh this is amazing. Like what you're doing. Yeah. And like, it gives you, I don't want to say like extra credibility or something, but it's like, Oh, the, you're doing yeah. something else yeah. different here. Yeah, and I'm sure there are people that think I'm a total idiot for some <laughs> of the things I've written. Right. But, you know, I'd go to New York and do meetings, or I'd show mm. up at, like, a workshop or a festival or something and say, hey, I know your blog. Yeah. And I'll see your yeah. pictures. You know, and this yeah. would be, like, the DOP of a magazine. That right, 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 right. And they're like, like, love what you write. Mm. You got a good head on your shoulders, whatever. Now you can come in for a meeting. And um. that opened so many doors. Or like the calendar that we do. Yeah. Um, that uh, everyone knows about. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And because it's, we don't know everything, but we yeah. know enough. And we have this this calendar of calls for entry and deadlines and all that. Mm-hmm. And people trust it. And you can subscribe to it on Google Calendar. Mm-hmm. A lot of people I meet, they say, hey, you should check out this calendar, not knowing that it's me. <laughs> 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 oh, I've been using it for years. Awesome. Yeah. And I have no yeah. idea what it is. And I say, yeah. hey, I'm, you know, I'm the guy behind yeah. that. He goes, yeah. thank you. you know? uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's nice. I mean, it's a little something to give back that um, I like being. And I think, I think, yeah, I think that's a kind of like the big aspect of it, too, is like you always do it for other people you're doing it for other photographers yeah like i've always felt that when i started is like hey i'm seeing all the stuff i want to my impetus for always doing anything online was to try to connect people with information that i'm getting and seeing you know yeah well it started oh, out so um my it's it uh, i do it with my buddy matt lutton uh-huh, who we uh-huh. kind of started photography at about the same time uh-huh. and kind of grew up together in the industry in yeah. fact he's in town this weekend for the same review. oh wow yeah oh we could have i know we should have oh well um because well, anyway, he's, he's a, I mean, he's, he had the amazing stuff they did in, in Serbia. Serbia. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. yeah. And he's got a couple of book dummies that he's showing yeah, yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Dang, I should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would have been, um, well, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Anyway. We'll do it next time. But the blog grew out of basically the emails that we were sending back and forth to each other. I mean, mm-hmm. we do it a little bit less frequently now, but it used to be we'd send, you know, 10 emails to each other every single day. Say, hey, did you check out this work? Hey, yeah, did you yeah. hear about this? Hey, did you see this magazine? Hey, did, you know, all this stuff that we were just talking back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, wait a minute, because we talked to other photographers and say, hey, did you see this? You know, something we've been talking about over, you know, a huge email thread. Mm-hmm. And they'd never even heard of it. Um, yeah. And I say, well, maybe some other people would be interested in in hearing about the kind of stuff that we're seeing and 
thinking about and all that. Not like we're some great pontificators that yeah, know yeah, everything, yeah. but it's just that we, I mean, we're in this and we're young people trying to figure this yeah. out for ourselves. And why don't we share that a little So bit. how do you make, how do you balance that? How much time do you put into doing the blogging and deciding what you should talk about yeah. and what you should jump on? Like that's, <laughs> I mean, well, because the, you're, the, not the paid, you're not getting paid directly to no, this. You're still, no. it's like, and, it's and, a, and the sad truth is, is that there's, we devote so little time to it now. I mean, oh, we used really? to do a lot. I mean, it used to be, I had, there were times when I'd post every single day uh-huh. and and he'd post maybe just as much. Mm-hmm. And like I let the entire month of February go and I didn't post a thing. Oh, wow. You know? So oh. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I started getting back into it a little. I mean, I have more free time now that mm-hmm. the primary's over and I've got, you know, time between jobs, whatever. What platform is yeah. your blog on? It is WordPress. Yeah, you just, yeah. yeah so yeah. Can't you... I mean, I guess if you're writing, it's different, but can you queue articles? Yeah, but that also means that you have to write them. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I mean, still, yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, still, it's the same amount of time. And yeah. so, yeah, it is possible, <laughs> theoretically. Well, this is what, see, this is, why you, this is why we podcast, because you sit down and we talk for yeah, an hour and then, it's, minutes, and then done. it's done. Yeah. Yes. And uh, like, the reason I like it, too, is like you, people have to actually invest in it and listen to the conversation. Yeah. Like, in an article, people can kind you of read a headline, or like you with Twitter, you just kind of scroll through. Yeah, exactly, and, exactly. Mm. I mean, a lot of times with like online writing, even when I stopped because I stopped kind of like writing about yeah. stuff because remember back in the day where oh, something yeah. would pop up yeah. and then yeah. every blog would have to would comment Absolutely. on it here's my take huh? on yeah. York and here's this yeah. on this yeah. and like you'd have to kind of be in the mix and mm-hmm. I was like after a while, you go back and look at that stuff. It doesn't have. It's not. No. Doesn't have long. Like no, absolutely. It's, it's, it, it pops up quick, and then nobody cares about it. Yeah. And then a lot of like the controversies. You can talk about the controversies in photojournalism. Like mm-hmm. world press comes up. It's just yeah. going to be the same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. And like, yeah. so you're going to. Ex- expend this energy talking about something over mm, and over again yeah. and then whatever and, gets resolved. And, and some of my most successful pieces were about these broader trends of like, mm-hmm. like one of, one of the ones I remember being so successful in over a series of posts was about the egg, agricultural or the egg gag bills. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's a huge issue and this uh-huh. major thing about democracy and uh-huh. freedom of the press and all that that's getting shut down at the local mm-hmm. level um, and really impacts photographers. I... I like taking landscapes when I go back home to Montana. Yeah. And a lot of the times that's farmland. And I uh, like yeah. not having to ask permission when I'm standing by the side of the road taking a picture over a fence. I mean, why yeah. not? I mean, it's just, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. And it's this huge thing. But when I, I found the most, the things I'm most interested in writing about and the things that seem to catch on the most are not just these one-off pieces about what's happening in the news right now, oh, but these yeah. larger trend pieces about this is, you know, ethics in photojournalism, what's mm-hmm. happening over the past couple of years, or how the the police are cracking down on the media. And, and here's an example from October of last year and, and 20, or 2006 and 1999, and just kind of look how it's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is more... So did you guys, ever, have you guys ever considered trying to, like, move it forward and do something bigger and like turn it into something that would like generate revenue or become a bigger thing. I mean, cause yeah. you've seen that happen. Like I think yeah. like uh well, big like, news notes who yeah. changed to reading the picture, he uh-huh. kind of like developed that into yeah. like, or like feature shoot, big you know, feature going shoot bigger. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. 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 Uh-huh. I mean, did that ever, yeah. I mean, to me, it's all, <laughs> to me, it's always been like, my stuff has always been a peripheral yeah. thing. I think, you know, I've evolved yeah. from the magazine, the blog and now the podcast and it's, 
got a lot of money in <laughs> <laughs> my cash is going to go away. It depends on how you're making your living. But though, I'm yeah? just saying, yeah, exactly. I mean, what, you want to talk about <laughs> photo books? That's not going to make money. Plastics, kid. Yeah, exactly. You leverage it in to like go work for a corporation then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't um, do good things. <laughs> yeah. No. Because you want to be, yeah. Yeah, no, we want to be photographers. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, that, right. that's always been a thing. And, you know, in the past, I've thought, what if we brought somebody else to contribute to it? Or then it turns into a job. You got to understand, I'm fundamentally lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. it's great if it's yeah. just like send an email and yeah. then I can just post it. And, and, that's one thing. But when it becomes, you know, a, you have like an editorial schedule and you've got holes to fill and you have to post at 2 p.m. every day and mm-hmm. 5 p.m. and, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. I want no part of that. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> no I, I, I feel you, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean could you imagine the amount of work that goes into something like Petapixel? <laughs> well, he but he mostly posts like other people's stuff. I know, like, but it's finds, still. I mean, it's still, uh, I mean, it's still work yeah, and the linking and I mean and cropping the pictures and all that stuff. It's so much every work. Every day, and and yeah. sometimes ten times a day. Oh, you know. About it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, because I, I, I mean, we spend we spend <laughs> so much time at the computer and. At a certain point, I just don't want to look at a screen again, uh, you know. <laughs> no, it's a, so what? So yeah. what's the future? Is you're gonna you're gonna go to the conventions? What yeah. Do you, what do you? What do you expect out of these conventions? Who what do you want to get hope? What do you hope to see? What do you hope to photograph? I don't even know. I don't know. I mean, that's that's the thing. So when I when I shot this big project, you know, I had this idea about being the worst party and and having that concept. But I've always been really wary of having a concept drive the pictures. The, it needs to be the story and the subject matter that really controls what you're doing. So I've never been one to plan shoots or, you know, some people make lists of the things yeah. that they're going to photograph for a project. Mm-hmm. I've, I've never done that and, and don't have any intention to start. Because it's, it's it, I mean, for me, what's most interesting about doing this is the improvisational aspect of it and just reacting to what's happening in front of you yeah. and, and seeking that out and and that yeah. So I I don't know. And that's what and that's what I like about yeah. it is that it could be anything. There could be riots. Yeah. It could be the dullest thing in the world. But yeah. either one will yield interesting pictures. Are you gonna be there? Yeah and you're hopefully gonna, hopefully if the credentials go through oh, and yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy's flash is pretty bright. <laughs> <laughs> all the other photographers, cause, you know, you get to know all the other people that are covering this, and uh, a couple wire photographers, like they'd bring sunglasses and say, "Oh, Scott's here, put on the sunglasses." <laughs> uh, this has been amazing. I think it's been a great. Uh, congratulations on everything that's happening. Thanks. It couldn't happen to a better guy. And, like, thanks for telling us the story. We look forward to. It. I mean, I think yeah. it's. I mean, you made a really memorable like body work. Thanks, yeah, I really appreciate it. I've been I've been happy with it. People respond to it well, and yeah, it's cool. Cool man. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Good Thank way you. to end it. <laughs> Thanks again for joining us. You can go behind the scenes of this episode, see the work of our guests and the photos we discussed by visiting our Tumblr and LPVshow.com. If you'd like to support the production of the show, this year we are offering a subscription for twenty dollars. As a subscriber, you will get exclusive access to our weekly email newsletter, which will contain a bonus conversation about some of the interesting stories we find on the web. Also, at the end of the year, we'll be raffling off three awesome photo books exclusively to our subscribers. 
We appreciate your support and hope you continue to enjoy the show. If you have any questions, please feel free to send them to info at lpvshow.com or connect with us on Twitter at lpvshow. The LPV Show is executive produced by Brian Formals and Tom Starkweather. Our score is by Tom Starkweather, who also mixes the show. Special thanks to Eddie Volante and Brett A. Davis. Thanks for listening. <laughs>